Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little ways from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this miraculous catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came in carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, 
We have seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours just go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn from the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins, and no one after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. So the setting for this chapter is beside a large freshwater lake, and it's a fishing community. And so um, Jesus takes advantage of the existing surroundings, and he, he gets on one of the fishing boats that are parked by the shore and pushes out just a little ways away from the bank so the people can hear him with the sound reflected off the water. And verse 4 says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who is Peter, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. So Simon Peter was a professional fisherman. He knew that after having fished all night and not caught any fish, the odds were they weren't going to catch anything now. But he said, he replied to Jesus with a favorable response. He says, because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now, these partners were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. But also, Peter's brother Andrew was one of the partners. So four of these first disciples of Christ were involved in this miraculous catch of fish. And so in verse 8, Simon Peter, when he saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, this this, uh, huge catch of fish, after not having expected to catch any. When he saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. He recognized this was an act of God for all these fish to be caught. And verse 9, it says, because he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so the King James says, from now on, you will become fishers of men. So these early disciples were shown a living parable in a huge catch of fish. And Jesus compared that to the ministry that they would have in spreading the gospel, and uh, they would fish for men 
in this way, just like they had fished for fish. And so what was their response? In verse 11, they pulled these two boats up onto the shore, and they immediately left everything and followed Jesus. Now, I want you to think about that. Here was this uh, very agrarian culture. Fishing was a, a worthy honorable profession, but it was certainly not one you were going to get rich at. And so these guys' whole livelihood was invested in these two fishing boats. Their whole routine, their daily routine involved fishing. They made supply for their family. They paid for themselves through fishing. This is the only way they had to make a living. And so along comes Jesus. He preaches to the crowd from one of these two boats, and then he tells them to try to catch fish once again after they had unsuccessfully fished all night. And lo and behold, they get a miraculous catch of fish to the point where the two boats almost sank. And so they recognized this was an act of God. Now, what was their response? The Bible says that they responded by immediately leaving everything and following Jesus. Now, once again, what a commitment, you know, on a a one-time supernatural catch of fish, and on the word of this man Jesus saying, come and follow me, they responded in a positive way and dropped everything they were doing to follow Jesus. And so the question comes down to us through the ages. What is it going to take for us to drop everything and follow Jesus? What is Jesus saying to us? I believe that today he's still saying, Drop what you're doing, come and follow me. Now, for some people, that means to leave their existing vocational life and to go into full-time ministry. For some, it means to go to the mission field. For others, it means to remain in your vocation that you're currently in, but drop your way of doing things just strictly for your own selfish gain and begin to operate as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven in whatever circle of influence you have. And so the response of these early disciples was that they parked their boats, they left everything, and they followed him. And I believe that Jesus is looking for nothing less than that from you and I. In verse 33, they asked Jesus why John's uh, disciples fasted and his disciples did not. And the response Jesus gave them is very interesting. Verse 34, Jesus said, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is still with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. And so this reference to the friends of the bridegroom, the pronoun he is still with them, and the time will come when the bridegroom is taken from them. Who is this bridegroom? Well, Jesus is talking about himself. He's talking about his followers as the friends of the bridegroom, and he's talking about himself as the bridegroom. It had been prophesied that the Messiah would come. And he would be joined to the people on the earth in a a very special relationship. And Jesus, in his teachings, revealed over and over again that he was coming for a wedding, for a marriage supper with the people that would become his disciples. And so while he was on earth, he was the bridegroom in his first coming. And he's coming back as the bridegroom for a glorified church without spot or wrinkle, according to Revelation 19. So you and I, friends, are waiting for the return of our bridegroom. He's coming. He's looking for those who are not afraid, who will leave whatever they're doing, will come and follow him, because he's everything. He's not just our our future in eternity. He's our present life and everything. So I want to pray into that. Lord, I just pray that we would recognize you, Jesus, as our bridegroom. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would instruct us to make preparations in the days of waiting for the bridegroom to come. Lord, that each of us would be found on that great day, ready and waiting for Jesus to come. Lord, whether it's at our last breath 
or when the last trumpet sounds and Jesus returns to planet Earth to gather his bride, may we be ready and waiting. Lord, may we be just like the early disciples, obedient, faithful to leave everything and follow Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.